And now on the show, I'm really pleased to say we're joined by Emma Pursehouse, who's Wolverhampton's 2021 Poet Laureate. Emma, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's great to have you on the show. And there's a whole wealth of things that we're going to talk about this time around. Uh, But specifically, we're going to start with quite an exciting new series of podcasts, which I suppose focus on the black country and stories from the black country. But there's some intriguing elements to it. And let's talk about the, the bit of it that you're involved in, which I think is a word in your ear. So uh, tell us about that. Right, yeah. Um, well, it was a project that um, Black Country Touring uh, came up with the idea for. Uh, and it sort of ended up, because of everybody was locked down, it ended up um, kind of morphing slightly. And it became a project that took place over the telephone with different people. So they employed six artists to kind of go and do work with the community. And I was one of them. And the idea was that um, I had to kind of work with a local group, which in my case was the Wombles of Willanore, and um, perform poetry to them over the phone, which was quite quite interesting, uh, odd experience individually, and have conversations. And then from those conversations, create a new piece of poetry, which is which is what I did, basically. And I worked with um, the Wombles of Willanore, which is like a litter picking group. Wow. So uh, the kind of Willenhall Town is the name of the piece, as it were. But it's really about, I suppose, linking community groups that might be disconnected from each other or might be sort of very, uh, very local in the sense of, the, of their area, you know. Yeah, I think the idea was just to engage with people who were kind of, well, everybody was sort of shut away and um, just literally put a call out for people on their Facebook page because I'm a member of the group anyway. And um, a lot of people on their pick. Um, separately so they don't necessarily meet up or know each other although some of them do pick littering groups and uh, yeah I just got kind of about 12 of them agreed to natter to me on the phone and listen to me perform poetry at them and and then this piece was created as a result of that and then had to go and actually uh, share it with them on a conference call so it was all done over the phone so it was all quite a quite a strange experience for for them and me really but I really enjoyed it. I'm guessing um, it's kind of a liberating experience, I suppose, because um, I'm guessing that they probably didn't talk about litter or the kind of things that everyday folk leave behind. You know, they were talking about wider life experience <laughs> and challenge, I guess. Absolutely. The conversation's just kind of freewheeled. So, like, I'd do, um, I'd sort of open it up and say, oh, I'm going to do one of my poems for you and I'd do whatever. And then from whatever the subject of the poem was, the conversation would start and then it would go somewhere and I'd maybe do another poem that kind of linked into what they said. But the conversations were just completely wide ranging. They just covered all sorts of things. I mean, we did talk about the litter picking as well, because I I kind of asked people what was the most unusual things that they found, which was quite entertaining. And that kind of fed into the poem. But yeah, all sorts of conversations from just the everyday how people were coping in lockdown to conversations about homelessness and all sorts of things. So it was very varied, but lovely. And I guess that an activity like that is a bit of a leveller in some ways, you know, like like many creative endeavours or, you know, outbound activities. There's a, there's a commonality to it that allows those conversations to happen? I think so, yeah. I think because we were part of a sort of a shared group as well, it was kind of we got that in common. So that kind of broke down a few barriers initially. But I think actually the kind of intimacy of performing a poem for somebody over the phone was a really interesting thing. It was it was quite amazing, really. And people, they had to kind of respond to it. So you got into conversations about poetry that 
you probably wouldn't do if you were performing to a, a big audience, you know, in, in a venue, because that person and you are just kind of one-to-one -one in that environment. So that was nice. Let's talk a bit about poetry and uh, being a poet. I know you're lots of other things as well, but um, poetry is a sort of uh, a mainstay for you, if you like. Um, lots of people have an idea, don't they, of poetry and uh, yeah. what a poet looks like. It's either a foppish gentleman in a kind of rough-necked, uh, you know, blouse of some kind, or you know a kind of soft flat cap and a raincoat in a smoke filled back back room somewhere in a cafe you know probably in london or paris or somewhere but the whole poetry scene has changed significantly hasn't it and i think you're i suppose part of quite a new movement in poetry in some ways poetry has all, always been there not necessarily on the page you know like in within local communities uh, people have always done poetry uh, but I think it sometimes comes to the forefront in times of trouble where people turn to it a little bit more so I think it kind of goes through I think it's always there but it comes to people's awareness at different times and I think that's happening at the moment I mean there's a vast range of voices diverse voices um, doing spoken word and poetry in the black country in, the, in Birmingham, across our region, really. And I think that's that's exciting. And people are using music and, you know, you've got people doing dialect stuff, but you've got people doing all sorts of different kinds of poetry. And I always maintain that it's a bit like music poetry. There's something for everybody. You've just got to find it because it, it really is that, that diverse. Now, when I was reading around you and all the things that you get up to, there were a couple of things that I thought you're going to have to help me explain. So... I think I kind of know what a poetry slam is, but you might yeah. be able to help me. But also there was something called flash fiction. So tell well, us about those things. Yeah, a poetry slam is like a live poetry competition. I run them and um, in the in the kind of um, black country and different areas. Uh, just did one in Shropshire uh, a few weeks ago. So you get 15 poets come together, usually 15, and they each perform for three minutes. And if they go over, they get deducted time penalties. And the audience, uh, you get judges in the audience who decide who they want to put through to the semi-final and then the final. So it's just a great entertaining way of packaging poetry, really. I don't think the poets take it very seriously because it's quite random. It is quite entertaining for the audience because they kind of root for their favourite poet. So that's a slam. <laughs> it sounds like a mix between kind of wrestling and some kind of face-off, I think, <laughs> with a bit, <laughs> with a bit yeah. of wordplay thrown in, maybe. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, yeah that, that would do it, yeah. So, and and we, what about the flash fiction idea? What, what, what does that in, encompass? Flash fictions are just very, very short stories, really, although quite often... The very short ones have quite poetic language, not not always, but there are some that have sort of crossover between po prose poetry and, and the short story. And they're just like a really nice tight way of writing things. Sometimes I like writing them. On the subject of writing, uh, I think recently you've had a collection of poems published. Is it called Close or Close? It's <laughs> either or. Um, I, tend okay. to call it, I, I tend to call it Close. And all the poems in that are set around an imaginary black country close or cul-de-sac or, you know, like a dead-end area. And so there's poems in the voice of a canal which runs along the back. There's poems in the voice of the fox that wanders through the street. Yeah, so they all kind of connect together around this kind of imagined geographic area, really, a little tiny area. So that's close and it's published by Office Press, which is a local, a local press. I think there's a bit of wordplay there involved as well in the title, which uh, I probably uh, shouldn't get too uh, 
uh, delve no, no too, I, too I, I, I always do double double meaning titles where i can i've got a novel as well and that's dogged or dogged whichever you prefer yeah so that launched i think earlier this year is that right in 2021 in february uh at the wolverhampton literature festival yes nonetheless which sounds like an event i probably need to be at oh you do it's great a lot of it was obviously online last year but we're hoping to be back in person this time and there's all sorts of stuff going on and from workshops to performances by local writers to sort of like headline events as well from you know sort of writers who are currently promoting books from out of area there's a fringe room there's a poetry slam yeah so if you want to come and see what a poetry slam looks like then uh, that's happening as part of the festival as well i think i'm gonna have to investigate that a bit further now tell me when you're writing i, I think i'm right in saying that you write for adults and for children you, kind yeah. of, you do you do sort of mixed audience but when you're writing something or when an idea for um, a story or a poem comes to you do you know instantly that it's in the adult or the children bracket or I'm, I'm guessing that there's quite a crossover between the two but do, do you know which, which it falls into first how does it work no not not necessarily well sometimes you do if you I mean I sometimes do issue based poetry so you obviously know that that's more than likely going to be adult stuff but sometimes you might be faffing about with an idea and suddenly think actually this I think kids would probably like this as well quite a lot of adults seem to like my children's work and I, I do see people buying my kids poetry book for themselves quite often because often it's kind of humorous and light poetry uh, to make people chuckle so it's not just kids that seems to buy, seem to buy that one and you mentioned earlier something I think about dialect and dialect yeah. in poetry and how important that is for I suppose the sort of delivery and the kind of cadence of some of the things that you're doing and obviously from listening to you talk you know you have a black country accent and within the black country there are derivations of that accent and changes yeah. how do you think that dialect lends itself to, to to strengthen or explore different bits of poetry oh I think what I like about dialect is that, that... <laughs> You're not necessarily using everyday words, so the words can sound quite beautiful or interesting or sort of shock you or surprise you. And to be fair, poetry is partly about that. So you can see how the two things would sit together. Plus, it's a, a good way to celebrate the way we speak and also preserve it maybe in some ways so that you keep words alive and keep the way we say stuff alive and breathing. That's why I think it's important to be able to express yourself in your own, wherever you are in the country. If you speak in a certain way, then you should be allowed to do that within your poetry. And do you think that, yeah, I guess, allowing people to speak in their own voice, literally in their own voice, yeah. do you think that helps the mood of what they're writing and how they're putting it across? Do you think it makes it perhaps more uh, sort of authentic, I suppose? Oh, for me, it, it does, because I want to I want to record and report the things I see around me and the, the, the world that I hear about me. So for me, that's massively important. Maybe, you know, that's just my own take on it. The way we speak and sound is part of who we are and where we are in the world. This is Switch. Now, we are in the almost in the depths of winter. Uh, I was just wondering, as a, as a poet, how that how the seasonal change affects what you do and how you write. Well, I've always been, up until <laughs> the, the pandemic, a poet that writes on buses and in when I'm waiting for trains or when I'm in in a cafe because I like earwigging and overhearing what people are saying. Ordinarily, I'm just out listening and wandering about, but that hasn't been quite so easy. 
Um, so I've been tending to write quite a lot about parks since lockdown because that's the place where I've been. I don't think the weather particularly affects me. It's just uh, where I am because I do like to be outside and watching and looking and exploring. Just finally, I was going to ask you, uh, like most superheroes, you're part of a collective. You know, there's a, a wider <laughs> gang out there and you're part of something called, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but you're part of something called Poets, Prattlers and pandemonialists. You've got right? it absolutely right, yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Not not a bad go. So, and, that, and that's a trio, three of you, essentially. Essentially. Sometimes uh, we, if we get work where we kind of bring, we sometimes bring other poets in uh, to do commissions. So we've recently done something for, like, West Midlands Rail for the Shakespeare line, putting um, poems all along the route from Birmingham Moor Street to Stratford-upon-Avon. So we brought in a load of poets to to do, uh, each one to do a poem for each station for that. But ordinarily, there's just the three of us that put on events and run stuff um, and try and get funding to do various things to give people the chance to have platforms to share their voices and be able to perform to audiences. It's a really nice collective to be part of because three of you means you can support each other. It's it's a lot easier to get stuff done if there's a numbers, I think, sometimes. So we've been able to achieve more as three than we would have perhaps as individuals. We should just remind people listening that uh, Willen Hall Town um, is part of A Word in Your Ear, which is again part of the new podcast series focused on black country stories and hosted by none other than Ian McMillan. And if people want to find more information and more links to that, I think they go to the Black Country Touring website, which is bctouring.co.uk. But Emma, for people that want to find out a little bit more about you and where you've been and what you're up to, where, where should they go online? Uh, I've got a website which is emmapursehouse.co.uk um, and also I've got a website for Poets, Practice and Pandemonialists which is pandemonialists.co.uk so you can find out that stuff we're up to or stuff that I'm up to in both of those places. But yeah, do check out the um, podcasts. They're, they're really rather special for Black Country too and I've really enjoyed being part of it. Emma, thanks so much for coming on to the show and uh, it's been great to talk to you. Oh, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thanks for having me.